Hi, it's Thursday night. I don't have anybody for the Torah, so let me take a look at the uh, Mashiach time on the on this new series, which is um, being sponsored by the Stefanskis on um, what has been the Jewish uh, uh, attitudes or uh, hashkafas, uh, the classic ones on the question of summum bonum. What's the what are you davening for? What what does a person seek at the end of his life? What's the final schar and this final onish and that sort of thing? And I've been trying to do it in a certain order, which is chronological. And I started with the ancient times and the Gaonim, sort of Sadigon, excuse me, and then the Haigon, who, as I tried to point out, mainly concentrate on the messianic process, less than what it's going to be when it's all over. Because, but they do talk about the world coming to an end and living in a different state, uh, which is sort of, uh, what's the right word? It, it, it foreshadows what the Rambam will say later on, which the Rambam called holy hell, but uh, he was just repeating what Lord has said. And if I go forward in time, it seems to me that uh, if you look for who are the great thinkers and writers who talk about this sort of thing in Klai Yisrael, the next one would be Shlombim and Gabiro in the 1000s, because Rehagon died in the 1025, something like that. That's around the time when you had the great Python, the, the poet Shlomo ben Gaviro, one of the great Meshore Sfarad, who didn't write anything on the Gemara, but uh, he wrote about half of the prayers that we say, including Adon Alam, and um, he also wrote a philosophy book. Now we begin to see the influence of, of philosophical ideas, and I don't mean that in a bad way, uh, on the question of what comes after Olam, ha- Olam Hazeh, life after death, or what are you looking for? Um, the Rambam will be more explicit about all this, but Ibn Gabiro, um, who did write a philosophy book, although it's, in my opinion, very boring, I mean, because I'm not a philosophy person, um, it's in, in Arabic, and, you know, it's been translated into Hebrew, uh, Neoplatonism, and so forth, but, uh, but at least you're getting past the simplistic understandings of these sorts of things. Like there's a place called heaven, a place called hell physically, you know. I mean, uh, we're dealing with Ruchnius over here. It's not it's not existing in time and space, although it does exist. And anyway, um, to cut to the point, uh, Rishlam ben Gavirov, and I'm not the world's expert on him, I just know something, has this very famous poem, a very amazing uh, poem, uh, 40 uh, stanzas or, or large paragraphs, it's quite large, a Kester Malchus, which used to be recited in, in davening, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. I think Sephardim still do it, maybe, I'm not sure. Um, and maybe some Hasidim also. And I'm sure I've spoken about it in the past. I know I did him once. And I want to zero in on one point. Uh, the poet, in an unbelievable way, he's, he's a genius, you know, is writing this thing, Kesem Malchus, describing, you know, how a person is supposed to approach the Rabbana Shalom, uh, and strip away all the misconceptions. And from the very beginning, he says all this stuff that we associate with the Rambam. You know, Ato Echad, but not a regular Echad. Ato Nimsa, it's another paragraph, but not the regular Nimsa. Ato Chai, but not the regular type of Chai. Ato Godol, but it's not the regular type of Godol. Gibar, and, and so forth and so on, you know. And then eventually, so in other words, first, you know, Miyam Alagvur Sechov, it's, it's, uh, Get rid of your dumb ideas of what God is, which is important in davening. And then um, 
he starts talking about the Romamus. And each paragraph is, you know, and so forth. Now, one of the things he does is describe heaven. But he's basically on the Gemara, and the Chazal, where, you know, they talk about nine layers of heaven and what's in this, Shamayim, I think it's Chagiga, right? And, and those kind of places. But doing so fully aware that none of these are literal in the sense they're not spatial. They exist. There are different levels of Shamayim, but they di- exist in a different plane of existence. The Malachim and all the sorts of things in there, the Chayas and the Esrafim and all that, they're, they're existing in a different type of existence, which we frankly don't know. And therefore, if you ask somebody, what do you hope for when you die or something like that, you have to immediately start saying, I don't know exactly because I have no experience in it. It's not from the material world. It's not from the physical world. And that's kind of important. Uh, and I, I look, I'm not doing justice to this magnificent poem. It's world famous, actually. And um, I remember pieces of it, but, you know, uh, uh, but not obviously the whole thing. And Asti climbs one Shemayim after another Shemayim. Miyavim Sotis Berisech Barim Chal Galgal Atashi Galgal Hasechal. You know, there's a place called Galgal Hasechal where you have pure intellect, you know, uh, which is above all the other kinds of uh, of Olamas, which itself is very interesting because, in other words, Seichal is like the highest Madrega. No, it's not. It's uh, way up there at the top. You'll see in a second. And. Uh, these are all areas that for a person to climb. Now, I don't mean I'm using the word like he does, climb. You know, you mean that in a Ruchnius way, not in, not in a Gashmius way. And um, and then he goes on in paragraph 26 and 27. That's when I call to your attention. And remember, he's living around the time of Haigon, but in Spain. And he says, Who can reach your chair? So above all these things is something what you call Kisa covered. Now again, God does not sit on a chair. The chair doesn't have legs, and so forth. But we call it that, Kisi Akoa. We mean a certain level of existence, even though I shouldn't even use the word level, but you know what I mean, Madragas and so forth. Uh, and that's beyond the heavens. Okay? Asher Sham Neveha Vahod. Over there, in this Kisi Akoa, which is beyond the Olamas, okay? Uh, there, as he says over here, you know, uh, beyond the sphere of intelligence, you establish the throne of your glory. Okay? Chevyonahod. That's where you have the splendor and the chevyon, the hidden part. So you see the ultimate stuff in the Ruchnius and, uh, you know, the Kisi Akovet, none of which is God. These are things God created. I mean, I hope you realize that. Uh, that's already beyond. It's chevyon, you know, it's a. Uh, it's like hidden, meaning it's beyond their comprehension. We know how grand it is, but we don't know what it is. V'sham hasod, v'hayesod, v'odav yagil hasechel v'yamod. And seichel goes as far as that and stops. So, first of all, in the Shemaim, the area of seichel stops at the Kisiyah Kavad. That's the uh, the technical term from the Gemara. But it's also a concept which is we're dealing with a reality which is beyond human comprehension, which is beyond the seichel. So this whole series I'm doing is sort of counterintuitive because I'm being asked to like give some kind of a sichlius sort of um, understanding to whatever degree possible 
of, of what Judaism teaches what happens in the afterlife or something like that or in some perfect world. And the first thing you realize is Adov Yagia Seichel Biyamod. Seichel stops at a certain point and doesn't go beyond that. Umel Milo Go Isa Valis Alkes Tatumach. Okay? And on top of the Seichel, meaning beyond the Seichel, you start to have your your chair, your kisame, the ishlo yaleimach. But no person can go there. Which means we know that the higher reality is totally beyond their asagas. So when you daven, I mean you want something good, but you don't know what that is. You know, you don't want bad. You don't know what that is. Don't tell me it's fires and this and the other. It's we don't know what it is. We know it ain't good, we're not gonna like it. Or the good part, you know, it's good. You're gonna like it, but we don't know what it is. Okay, uh, me. And then in paragraph twenty-seven, There we go. Who can do like you in the kisei covered, which is a zone, right? Now again, not a physical zone of space, but it's never a zone of reality. That's where you have the tzaddikim. In other words. If you're lucky and you live the right life, you get to live or exist in in tachas kisi akavod amaymen nefoshes chasidecho. V'sham nevei haneshamas atahoros. That's where the neshamas hang out. Meaning, if you lived a good life, Asher b'tzur achaim tzuros who are bound in eternal life. And being a poet, he says, Asher yagiu v'yofu sham koch yachlifo. All during the life on Olam Hazeh, he had to fight the Yitzhara. So it was wearisome and tiresome. Because the Yetzar never stops. So it's a continuous fight. You always had to swim. When you get to heaven, to under the Kisei covered, the Maimon of Hashem Tzachisidecha is Menucha. You understand? You know, then, then now you can rest. Because no more Yetzar. That's where the Bnei Noach are. Now he doesn't mean the Bnei Noach. He's a poet. In the sense of the descendants of Noah, or the Gentiles, he means these are people finally a Menucha. So one thing you'll get, if you get to that zone, if somebody gets to, 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 to paradise, is you get Menucha. You don't have to fight the Yitzhar anymore. Ubo noam tachlis v'kitzvah. So now he describes it in the only way that a person can describe it. But he's a poet. It's a noam. It's something pleasant. Belit tachlis v'kitzvah. But it's, it's infinite. It's beyond description. Who Olam Haba? So Olam Haba is equal to Noam Blitachis Vikitzvah. Something infinite. Or more exact, non finite. Uh, okay. The Sham Ma'amados Umaros Lanafashos Ha'omdus Umaros Atsobos. It's Pnei Hashem Ha'odun Lirus Ayros. To me, this is very significant. Now, the Hebrew is ambiguous. I have the old translation, you know, from the JPS. Because uh, Gabriel was always a, 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 a favorite of the uh, of the Modernisha, and uh, I think Israel Zangwill was something translated. Uh, yeah. There's a better translation by Peter Cole. I asked my friend Professor Malama tonight to bring him my house, but he forgot. Uh, but he says that we're Shama Modos Umaros. There are the stations and the seeing houses for standing. So that's not a good translation. Where in the mirror of the Marsatsovas of the women, you can see God. Now, this is very significant. 
first of all, you know what the Marisat Tovas were from the Mishkan. That's number one. Number two, even in Shamayim, even if you get to paradise, whatever that means, right? The Olam Haba, you don't see God. You see a, a, a reflection of God in the Marisat Tovas. There's only so far even a tzaddik can go. Nobody can mamish see God. Notice, these are, and remember, there's no sight there where I'm using the, the metaphors. So there's, it's hard for me to explain because it's hard to say. I can't even use the word perception because that too is, a, is an Olam Hazard type word. But I'll use it anyway. Uh, in that state of being, in that exalted state of being, uh, the 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 neshama, whoever it is that's there, he doesn't go into that. Uh, the nefashas hatahoris, as he calls it, nefashas chasidecha, uh, they get to uh, see leiros heroes They get to see God through these marasatzovos, through some kind of a mirror. Now, uh, and they weren't real mirrors; they were the marasatzovos. So basically, you get a, a a a better perception of the reality of God than we have in this world, but it's still it's it can't be the ultimate because otherwise you'd be God. You see what I'm saying? Um, so this is a, a, a an ecstasy of a certain type, but I can't use the word ecstasy because that's a human you know emotion. But I'm using it anyway, and as he puts it, so I mean I like the way he phrases that. Because, you know, Olam Haba isn't a wine, women, and song. It's not partying. It's not uh, fressing and so on and so forth. Challing on Thursday nights uh, forever. Although for some people they say that's fine with them. It's, remember, he, he, he's, a, he's a philosopher. He, he thinks beyond. He, he's trying to understand what's really happening to the degree that it's possible for a person to understand any of this. And the first thing you have to do is get rid of the stupid ideas. But in order to introduce an intelligent idea, you have to say, we have no idea. But we, we, one thing we know, and he puts it poetically, even in this exalted state of being, you understand the, you know, the Messias of God and his presence and reality in ways that, that we don't in this world when we have a Yates of Horror, but you can never fully understand it. I mean, that, that's not beyond, that's not the, the possibility for uh, any Bria, you see? Uh, so... Uh, there's an intermediate stage, way beyond the human, but you can never get to the to the, to the super madrega. Shochnos beheicholim amelach, omdus al shochan amelach, umisadnos bemesek priaseichol behu yitim madani melach. Powerful statement. These are the people who are shochnos beheicholim amelach. They dwell in the king's palace. The omdus al shochan amelach. They stand at the king's table. Umisadnos bemesek priaseichol, and they get hano. They're eden. So they get the dainties of the king. They get some of the food the king eats, or something like that, uh, right? Um, which again, what are the foods that the king eats from? You know, it's it's the pure emes, as he called it, the seichel, the the pre seichel, the madani melech. So you see pure emes. This is not something we see in this world. So it's what you have to look forward to if you live a good life is um, a different state of being in which, 
you know, the, the, the uh, perception, I, I, maybe I'm using the wrong word, but there isn't a right word, uh, is this, this bit of, of, of ultimate emiss, which, which he says is as thrilling as uh, living in the king's palace and, and sitting at his table and getting some of the food that he throws around. That's very interesting. The Rambam also, as we'll see, in 351 in the guide, talks about, you know, trying to get to the king, God as a king, and having a palace. Uh, and the Rambam talks about the facts. We'll see, you know, people try to get into the palace, but they go the wrong way and that sort of thing. And uh, these people are in Olam Hava. These people are in the, the Hechali. They've reached the king's palace. But, you know, reaching the king's palace and being in the hall of the king doesn't make you the king. It doesn't mean you're necessarily close to the king. It doesn't mean you see the king. You understand? You're 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 somehow in the in the zone of the king, but you're not there. So you understand the mushal I'm saying. Zos This is the final menucha nachla that a person has to look forward to if they were righteous. Which is It's beyond beyond in terms of its tov. And it's beyond beyond in terms of its yofi, right? It'll be beautiful in in in, in a different sense. There won't be a sensual beauty. That's a, that's a poem. Uh, so, this is what you have to look for. Now, I'll just read one more paragraph, because he gives an idea, again, using poetry, uh, that in Shemaim are different chambers or rooms, again, using, you know, human terms, none of this is to be taken literally, but in this state of being exists a place of reward and punishment. Who can reveal your, your hidden things? Upstairs in Shemaim, and again, I keep using the word upstairs, you know, uh, advisedly, there are different divisions, Chadarm and Otsuras. Behem Norosphorus and Dwar Gvuros. You have stuff hidden away. Mehem Otsuras Chaim, Lazak Nakim. Otsuras Chaim, those whole treasuries of goodies for those who are Zoha. Mehem Otsuras Yesh Lashavi Pesha. Huge. Otsurus for Bali Chuva, Mehem Otsurus Eshwa Nachlis Gafri's Lobi Bris, and plenty of fire and brimstone for the wicked. Now, he doesn't mean literally fire, but he means in that state of being will is be where the Sky and the Yonish will take place. The Otsurus Shuchas Ramukhu the Sikh Isham, Suma Shem Yipobom. And some people get it really big, you know, like the Gemara says, the super wicked. And then you have Otsurus of Shuka Mukhalo Isham, they'll burn forever, as he puts it over here. But Ostra Sufus is sorrows to keep in your cars and storms and frost. These all from the Gemara. You did it to offer a chesed for the chesed people, and you did it to offer a tochacha for those that require tochacha. So, um, how does he see it over here? Uh, a person dies, obviously, and then. You know, they, they'll either go, so they're not going physically anywhere, but they'll, the proper word in English is to translate. But that's not a good word either. But they'll, they'll, they'll exist in a different way. Um, that's the important part. After death, you exist in a different way, in a different type of zone of reality. And we call this Kisiyah Kabbat, Tachas Kisiyah Kabbat, Otsros Eish, Otsros Yesha, Pesha. They're all different expressions. Um, trying to convey in some material way to the person what's expecting them. 
Now, does he go into great detail of all this means? No, he's a poet. And he's writing this in the Kesser Malchus, which is really more like a Yom Kippur type of art. But the point he's conveying is a very solid one. And I want to repeat, this is somebody writing this in the early 10 hundreds. That's a long time ago. And is at least trying to uh, get across what we'll see the others do, which is don't think of Olam Hazet, Olam Haba, uh, Heaven and Hell, uh, Ganena, and all these other things as physical. Uh, You have to first get past that. When you get past that, then we can sort of talk. But as soon as you say it's not physical, you put a kind of a limitation on yourself since we have no experience of what it's like. So there's a certain type of guesswork, and chances are it's not exactly correct because you don't know how to... You, you can't, you know, um, relate to something that you've never seen. Nevertheless, we have these expressions in the davening, in the tefillos, in the in Tanakh, and elsewhere. But I think the meaning is simple. You know, uh, who is it? The Rivasha Yudam, like an eight-year-old. You, know, you want the good stuff, you don't want the bad stuff. What exactly the good stuff? I can't understand it. It's beyond my comprehension. But I know I want it, okay? And the bad stuff, I know, you know, you know, you don't want it. So whether you refer to with this metaphor or that metaphor, already long before the Rambam, you already have Ibn Gabiro uh, speaking in these uh, sort of philosophical terms. So uh, that's the beginning of the discussion of what goes on in the medieval period um, among the Rishonim. Uh, and with that, I'll um, wish you all a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.